0: morning to everyone out there. It's starting to snow a little bit here in New Jersey. Hopefully, it's just uh, using up the little bit of snow that I had left from last time. This is Citizens Going Wild, and my name is George. Um, every once in a while, you read about people or you meet people who make you think, "Darn, there's some good people on this earth," and they also make you feel a little bad because they keep going, regardless of what happened to them, acting nice with a good heart toward everyone for their entire lives. And you may not be up to that level. Nonetheless, it's nice to hear about these people. First one is a guy you know, Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek has been the host of um, Jeopardy! Since the Earth Cooled, and uh, he was known for dressing in a nice way. Uh, He always dressed up. Uh, none of this modern sloppiness for him. Anyway, he passed away, and he left behind a lot of nice suits, jackets, ties, shoes, all sorts of stuff. And uh, his children thought one way to honor him was to give away all of this stuff to a group that basically helps people who have been down and are now trying to get up again. People who are released from prison, for example, people who have been unemployed for a long time. People who've had problems with drugs from time to time, and when they go for a job, they would like to appear like a mensch. They would like to appear as if they too belong in the job market, and uh, so all of his clothes are going to be given away uh, to the people who um, who need them. And they interviewed one of the people, and he was so proud. It, uh, it's obviously. Um, Alex Trebek had good taste and enough money to back it up. And he bought some nice things, modest business type of things. And uh, this guy was going to use them and he was mighty happy to have them. There's another story of someone who, you know, instead of being like most of us and saying, well, I would have done this. I should have done that. I was harmed by this one. I was harmed by that one. She just kept going doing something pleasant something good for the world. Basically, she taught piano from the age of 14 to the age of 93, when she passed away a few weeks ago. She was uh, born in Romania. She was good enough to be able to teach piano uh, in a place where it is definitely taken seriously and uh, she did that well the communists came along excuse me the nazis came along first uh this woman hasn't had a lot of luck nazis came along first she had to wear a yellow star and so on and so on and so forth and she suffered greatly children threw rocks at her because she was a jew and so on and she kept teaching kept teaching she ended up in a Uh, Nazi uh, concentration camp was not killed there. Uh, Later, the Nazis were thrown out. And the communists came slogging through. And they also had problems with her. I don't know why. But she kept teaching and teaching and teaching. Finally, she came to America. Uh, God bless America and God bless them for coming here. She and her husband came here and they bought a grand piano for $600. And she's been teaching piano in the United States ever since. Uh, the thing that is so attractive about this lady, I, for me at least, is that she didn't spend a lot of time lamenting the past, one of my specialties, and she didn't spend a lot of time lamenting the future or the present. She just kept teaching the piano. And at her funeral, A rabbi said this, he quoted from the old Greek philosopher Plato, Music is giving soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination. And as each student left her house, she would give them a hug and a sticker. Truly, you can believe that this lady helped people give soul to the universe, wings to the mind, light to the imagination. Wonderful lady, wonderful lady. Um, one thing I, I like to focus on a lot is the role of the media and the power of the media. And how even if you're sort of self-aware the way I am and you are now, you're still kind of stunned by the power of the media to frame issues. In fact, to make issues important or not important. You may have read recently about how the um, Congress, which is under the power of the, Repo- of the Democrats, uh, is getting ready to pass a relief bill for COVID-19. People who have been hurt by, well, by the shutdowns, the slowdowns, been out of work, or hungry or cold, and i of course uh you know 100 for helping these people the bill is going to be somewhere about 1.8 trillion whatever that is you may be surprised to learn that only about 800 billion of that money only only 800 billion of that money actually goes to dealing with covid the other trillion goes for perhaps good causes but not directly involving covid and i'm going to have to take a look at the paper while i read to you uh we have 350 billion for state and local governments and cities and counties this is not for anything in particular just to help them out i guess or to give them money and um That's what they're going to do. I'm not saying that a lot of cities and towns and states couldn't use the money as New Jersey could, but goes a lot of it, in effect, goes to bailout states that got overcommitted on their pensions, like New Jersey, or maybe misspent or spent too much or didn't balance their budget or couldn't balance their budget. And so it's nice, I guess, but it has very little to do with COVID. There's uh, 86 billion to rescue 185 pension plans. Okay, that's a nice thing too, but it has very little to do with COVID. Perhaps more importantly, there is no pressure on the states to reform anything. For example, there are many states that need bailing out because they're overcommitted. That is, they don't have enough money to pay the pensions that they promise public workers, mainly police. And uh, I guess it's nice to bail them out, but it has very little to do with COVID. And you didn't know that, did you? Because we don't look at the power of the media. The media says COVID, 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 COVID. And we say, all right, COVID seems like a lot of money, but it's For a good thing, it's fighting against the the, uh, results of the COVID epidemic. Here's something else, $129 billion, surely that's real money. It goes to second elementary and secondary schools for what? Well, I guess to help them out, Uh, I don't know what they'll do with buy better um, air conditioning or venting systems, perhaps perhaps not um by the way you don't have to reopen to get this money they just ship it out the door you don't even have to reopen higher education gets 40 billion how can we get the cost of colleges down if every time the colleges get in trouble we give them more money uh, I'm all for helping out people owe a ton of money. I have a child as one of them. But we also should be trying to force them to do something to reduce costs. For example, uh, there are a lot of colleges that have uh, nearly 100 or 100 people working in their diversity section. I don't know what they do all day long. But at any rate, why not take that money and uh, they're both um, University of Michigan and Ohio State. That's right, University of Michigan. Spend around $10 million on di- people who work in the Department of Diversity. Well, why not take that and make it into scholarships? That, 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 to me that makes sense. If there's a poor kid sweating away in the ghetto and he wants to go to college, give him money so he can go to college. How does paying this guy over here, or this gal over there, uh, $125,000 a year, which is common for diversity experts, paying them money to do what? To do what? To go to meetings, international meetings, national meetings. It just, it's like the common sense element of our brains have falling out. Maybe they're covered by snow. Um, Anyway, they're going to give them $40 billion so they don't have to make any reforms. Uh, The colleges lately have basically become enemies of free speech. Couldn't we at least ask them if they'd like to widen the amount of free speech on their colleges? Maybe put pressure on them. You can't get this billion or you can't get that billion unless you allow some free speech and some differences of opinion because we think that has something to do with whether people learn or not Uh, let's see what else we have here Um, some of this I like and this is the problem with the Wall Street Journal they are a little too dogmatic for me for example there's a 35 billion dollars to pump up subsidies to defray Obamacare premiums well I think that's one of the flaws of Obamacare Um, that it it puts too much pressure and demands too much money from people who are kind of um, middle class or lower middle class and it hurts small businesses so i'd like to see some more subsidies come in there and it also um here's a problem we have almost covered everyone in this country for medical care um there are 14 states that have refused to put in Medicaid in their state. Now, Medicaid is a program that takes from the federal government and from the state government, and it gets money from both. But with Medicaid under the new, I don't want to say this if you don't like them, but Obamacare plan, they only have to pay 10 percent of the cost. The federal government pays 90 percent of the cost. You would think these people who often are in poor states, where people are not getting medical care, would jump at this. My God, I can take care of all of these people in my, um, in my state, or generally speaking, um, working people who don't, don't earn much money, and we only have to pay 10% of the cost. Still, these poops won't just join the program. Uh, So what they've done is they've lowered. Right now, a state has to pay 10% of the cost of Medicaid, and this new uh, subsidy will allow them to pay only 5%. Um, I, I don't know if you can do it, but I would make it free so that every jackass governor out there puts in Medicaid for working people. Why wouldn't you? Well, some people wouldn't uh there are a number of other programs here um but it has some good and some bad but there's a lot of stuff in there as I said only about um a trillion um 800 billion of it deals with COVID the rest deals with other stuff uh you may like the other stuff uh here's something that shows you the incredible power of the media you ever hear the Lincoln project a bunch of Republicans who wanted to beat Trump got together and they were billed as the most brilliant the most creative the most important uh figures in uh advertising publicity political uh in the political arena and when they got together, they, sh- they showed some commercials. They put together commercials They were just killer commercials. Very powerful, funny, and I think very, very uh, powerful in changing people's minds to vote against Trump. So this was a big, big story, and these people got enormous publicity. The- on one of the CNN shows, this Lincoln Project was featured 34 times. And most people think they had a major effect. Okay. Well, it turns out that this this scandal that I'll tell you about in a second came out after the election, just after the election. Now, the people who knew about the scandal knew about it before the election. But they refused to say anything for fear of hurting the anti-Trump effort. After the election, when Trump had won, it's even when Trump had lost, of course, uh, it came out that there was quite a scandal there. First of all, it turned out that one of the people, at least one of the people, a uh, guy named Weaver, was basically running a, kind of an induction center for, for himself, getting uh, young children, as young as he liked boys, I believe, as young as 14, have sex with them. And it turns out that the people in this organization knew about this, that he was using the Lincoln Project as a way of luring young men. He would say, are you interested in politics? Oh, yeah, well, we might have a job for you here. Of course, we'll want to have drinks and wine before that. And he would get very salacious, and his messages were obvious as hell, that he was using the Lincoln Project to uh, bring in young young men that he could have sex with. Uh, everyone in the organization denies they knew about it. They did something else. It turns out, we think, we don't know the exact numbers, it turns out that about 50%, at least 50% of the money that was brought in by the Lincoln Project, and they brought in around 90 million dollars by people who wanted to defeat Trump went into the pockets of the people who were making up the advertisements. And there are f- further rumors that some of them bought vacation homes. I mean, there must be millions of millions of dollars and more millions going into the pockets of these people who are the directors of the program. And people knew about this, but they refused to say anything about it. And it didn't appear in the media. And basically, if it doesn't appear in the media, it's as if it doesn't exist. It doesn't matter what's going on. The same thing, by the way, has happened with the COVID release program. The people just summarize it, don't go into the details, and don't tell people that only about 800 billion, only 800 billion, 800 billion really goes for COVID. Um, to fight COVID and the results of having the COVID uh, pandemic, that a trillion dollars goes elsewhere. You might like where it goes, but the, the media has a very, very specific agenda. 92% of the media, I just made that number up, 92% of the media is basically on the left, from liberal to hardcore, uh, I would guess, communist. Um, and they only report certain things and basically if it doesn't get in the media it's as if it never ever existed so uh oh and another thing that's happened is there doesn't seem to be any follow-up people are trying to nag the media to get involved with the follow-up and find out who got why but so far that hasn't happened uh i just want to you know a lot of people are always concerned that israel gets money from the united states and they do well what the hell have they done for us a lot a lot a lot they basically pioneered or invented the whole unmanned aerial vehicle field um they the uh, uavs as they're called are used to track targets to check out situations. They're armed and can actually knock out our enemy without our risking the pilot. We're very big on those. And that whole field was pioneered by Israel. And of course, the United States has a large number, a big fleet of made in Israel uh, UAVs. If you hear words like pioneer or hunter, they were invented in Israel and it's mighty good stuff. They also invented an air-to-air missile. Now, if you've ever seen a movie about fighting in the air, you know the trick is to survive and to win, you wanna get in back of the plane in front of you so you can shoot at them and then your rocket goes up their tail by height and uh, cleans out the whole area. Um, The Israelis have invented a missile that works whether you're in back or the side or the front or anywhere the missile will find you and that's mighty good stuff I like the idea of living American pilots and dead enemy pilots they have something else nowadays one of the popular ways of defending yourself is to build a bunker a large concrete structure usually concrete that is basically impenetrable to anything less than a a heavy bomb or an atomic bomb. At any rate, uh, the individual infantryman doesn't have any weapons or didn't have any weapons so he can knock out the bunker. And of course, this costs American lives and limbs. Well, the Israelis have invented a bunker buster that an individual infantryman can carry with them. So they don't have to call in a plane. They don't have to call in a helicopter. The individual infantryman can knock out the bunker, and that's mighty good news. And you'd be mighty interested if you were an infantryman. Um, One more, because this thing is near miraculous. The Israelis have invented something called a trophy system, which is now being installed on American tanks. It turns out that a man with a shoulder launch rocket uh, or some other minor equipment can knock out a tank. You can drill a hole right through the tank armor, no matter how thick it is. The Israelis have come up with this device. It's a system, actually. And it scans the, um, the space in front of the tank on all sides and it, if it sees it just an individual rocket it can actually knock out that rocket it's just fantastic stuff no one has ever come up with this sort of thing again and this means that a lot that a lot more american tankers will be alive at the end of the battle wonderful great stuff and i really don't see our allies coming up with anything they take they take but they don't come up with anything By the way, a friend uh, mentioned that uh, um, some people have gotten annoyed at Jews saying that they're chosen people, chosen people, that they think they're better or special. And he pointed out to me that actually, as he pointed out to his friends, chosen doesn't mean anything that good. It means they're chosen for a particular moral burden. And there's a joke among Jews that... uh, Someone gets to see God and they tell God, listen, can you do me a favor next time? Choose somebody else. All right. A lot of news is fake news in the sense that it's just not mentioned. How many of you know that a number of people who've been appointed by Biden have a long track record of sympathy for Iran, a long track record of hatred, real hatred toward Israel? Here's a guy, uh, Robert Maley, he is a long-standing anti-Israel activist. He has promoted the BDS movement. The BDS movement is meant to boycott and destroy the economy of Israel, basically to commit genocide uh, against the Jews who live in Israel and to wipe out the country. They have other people here on the executive board of the Muslim Brotherhood link, Students for Justice in Palestine. The Muslim Brotherhood is the original terrorist organization of the entire Middle East, and BDS is their local campus-based arm. He supported both of those, and uh, now he's going to play a role in intelligence gathering about the Middle East. Uh, Biden administration, for reasons that are not clear to me at all, has decided to just love the Palestinians to death here they resume funding UNRWA the Palestinians by the way have their own personal refugee agency at the United Nations all the other refugees are in pile a and the Palestinians have their own refugee agency and they count as refugees everyone who's related to anyone who left Israel in 1948 Someone asked, why the hell are we so enthusiastic about resuming aid to the Palestinians? They um, are not our friends. They do not wish us well. They wish us dead. They are not Democrats. They are authoritarian and fascists. They are not part of the West. They believe that uh, non-Muslims are the most vile of created beings. They support terrorism. They honor terrorists, they're anti-Semites. Why the hell are we so crazy? Is Biden so crazy about him? I'm not. By the way, um, you know the National Guardsmen that are guarding uh, Washington, D.C. now? Well, they come from a variety of states. Uh, Some of them come from Chicago. Governor Pritzker said he was sending 500 National Guard troops to fight the dark forces of racism. I don't know what army he was in, but I didn't I don't think that the National Guard is equipped to fight the dark forces of racism. Oh, and they're also supposed to support uh, fighting against disinformation. I don't know if he knows what the National Guard is. By the way, in um, Michigan, Governor Whitmer sent hundreds of National Guards in there meanwhile back in michigan there's endless killing murdering in one incident in flint a 57 year old woman was killed four others including an 11 month old baby were wounded maybe you should do something about the violence in a state and try and stop babies from being wounded governor Cuomo, who now has his own problems uh, sent another 542 members of the state's National Guard in there. And by the way, last year, uh, shootings rose 97% in New York State. Murder shot up 45%. But he is sending soldiers away. There's a poignant article by a guy named Nicholas Kristoff, who's a major writer for the New York Times. And basically, he keeps in touch with the people in the town he grew up in, which is a small town in Oregon. And in particular, he had a friend and he um, would go and check up on him every few years, which is a kind thing to do. His friend's name is Mike. Now, Mike and his family were doing very well for a long time. They were loggers. They were well paid. They were proud that they were engaged in a dangerous but important field. And then someone found out that the spotted owl lived in these woods. And apparently the people in Washington felt that the spotted owl took preference over Mike. Not just Mike, of course, but all the Mikes in the world and so they stopped the logging well what happened has happened in many places like this Mike fell into depression drinking drugs and finally died last year we ought to at least balance the worth of the spotted owl and you know I like the spotted owl as much as the next man but we also ought to think about Mike these decisions are made by people who live not in Oregon, and I rarely go outside of except maybe a walk in the park. By the way, how does the owl know exactly where he is? I mean, if you move them two blocks over or even a mile away, that I mean, they, you know, would they know where to send the forward Where to forward the mail to? I am not against the spotted owl, but I, maybe he could go somewhere else. Really, maybe they can adjust. But no one cares about Mike. Do they? Um, by the way, I came across some pictures. I'm in a continuing search to show that there are a lot of Jews who acted just splendidly during the Holocaust. There's a picture here of a Madison Square Garden with a giant rally with what seems like every single seat filled and it's a boycott Nazi Germany rally good for them. There's another picture I have here I show them but they're kind of blurry and old uh, of Jews baking matzah while in hiding in 1943. They've gotten on their white smocks and they're baking lots and, they, and their faces are just a glow they're so happy that they're doing this perhaps that is resistance as well i'm going to end by telling you what happened when i spoke to several local congregation members at my local synagogue and one of them asked uh, his name is larry when you're in your casket and friends and congregation members are mourning over you what would you like them to say you I listen to this man? And one of my friends said, I would like them to say I was a wonderful husband, a fine spiritual leader, and a great family man. Another friend said, uh, his name was Eugene. I like them to say that I was a wonderful teacher and servant of God who made a huge difference in people's lives. And then it was my turn. And I said, I'd like them to say, look, he's moving. Um, That's all I have on this snowy day.